Hey, hey, welcome back to Parents Have Special Needs 2. This is episode 67, and I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Hey, we're doing another recording on my phone today. I'm actually traveling back from a doctor's appointment with my little guy. We were checking out his ears. We, um, Jacob is, he'll be three, actually, end of this month, and, um, he's still not speaking hardly anything at all and it's quite quiet um and so as a newborn he had failed his hearing test so we're here uh we've had several tests um at two children's hospitals and then a pediatric ENT specialist with his own business and the results have all kind of been the same and I just went in today and we um there was some fluid in his ears so we kind of we got that drained using a chiropractor actually and cleared out the earwax from his ears and the doctor looked at it and said they actually said that his ears looked fantastic today and so the question is why is he still not um you know is this an anatomical ear issue or is this a neurological ear issue so the journey continues but i wanted to hop on here and share with you guys some of my um, thoughts on neurodivergence. Now, neurodivergence is a word that's becoming quite popular in the past uh, little while, and um, autism is kind of the main neurodivergent um, disorder that we have under that umbrella, but you also have... Um, like ADHD, even some anxiety and depression, even personality disorders and different things. So like it covers a wide range of emotional and neurological disorders and even not necessarily like a disorder, but a struggle, right? And so I was um, in a group on Facebook, a special needs group, and it's uh, special needs for parents. Like you get together, support each other, things like that. And so I got on there, and I was curious to know what other parents are doing to help heal their kids. And in hindsight, the way that I phrased it probably really wasn't accurate. I got on there and was like, "Hey, how do you? What are you guys doing to help heal neurodivergence?" And a lot of the responses were like, "Heal neurodivergence? Like, are you crazy?" And looking back at that, I'm like, "Okay. Well, well, let me finish the story here. I got you know about like 29 responses, and then um, I actually did get some resources, which was awesome because that's what I was looking for. And um, but my entire post." got deleted by a moderator because they had seen that I have a podcast and I have a YouTube channel and some other things that I'm doing um, to help other parents out there. And anyway, so I got all canceled, but it was just interesting to me that um, it really got me thinking about is neurodivergence the the struggle? It, it's becoming, there's a movement that is making the struggles that we have with neurodivergence become something that is just the way that you are. And it's not something that can be shifted or changed 
at all. And it reminds me of the early times that I had going to doctor's appointments with doctors and they would, I would sit down and we would talk about the struggles that my daughter was having and they would follow it up with, but none of this is your fault and there's nothing that you can do essentially, but bring her to us and we'll keep doing tests and, and we'll do the traditional therapies. Now, listen, the traditional therapies do a lot for a lot of people. My personal experience with my kids is that it hasn't really done very much for them, which has led us to continue to figure out what's going on. But so the, but the movement that I'm seeing is, hey, there's this is the way that kids are. They're born this way when they have when they don't develop typically. And as I was doing research more into this, and as I was talking with other people and professionals in this field, I came across the idea that neurodivergence is more like a big continuum where you have the mass majority of humans that develop typically on on one end, you know, that they... It's easy for them. They learn to speak and walk and talk and hear and see and all the things and move their bodies all typically. And then you have the atypical or now the neurodivergent, um, you know, people that aren't developing as much. And it ranges, right? You have some people that just struggle a little bit with emotional regulation or with speech or with some other things all the way down to to people that are almost um, like like in a vegetable state where they, they can't do anything on their own and they need assistance from people and medical equipment. So we have this mass, mass range of neurodivergence. And so it's, it's this idea that all of us diverge or are different in our neurological development. Even as adults, like you have those that that um, appear completely normal on the outside. Well, I guess kids as well. They appear completely typical, but then on the inside, it's like, no, I, I struggle with anxiety or depression or dyslexia or different things like that. So we have a big range of divergence. And in that respect, I can see how asking the question of, how do you heal from neurodivergence isn't actually a useful question at all. I think the question to ask, which is something that I often find myself asking myself is, is it possible to shift from one end of the spectrum or one end of the continuum to the other? Now, we do see a shift from being... Um, well-developed neurologically from being able to be independent in speaking and walking and um, hearing and being able to hold a job and go to the bathroom on your own and, you know, that you grow up to be someone that you can make your own decisions, live your own life. And we do see people that have tragic brain injuries or trauma or developments of other syndromes such as anxiety or depression that becomes debilitating to them. So then they can't function as independently as they used to. 
So we do see a shift from, um, I'm just going to say high functioning to low functioning. I don't know if those are the correct terms to use, but that's what I'm going to use at the moment. But what is less common, I think, is to see someone that goes from low functioning to high functioning. But there's also a social narrative that you can't do that. And this idea of neurodivergence and accepting it, the social movement of neurodivergence is everybody's born a certain way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they need to, like, they, they, they can't really develop beyond it. It's a part of them and it's a part of who they are. And what I'm noticing is that this neurodivergence narrative is rooted in the idea that if you feel like someone needs to improve or change, maybe not improve, but change, go from, for example, um, if they can't speak, that they need to learn to speak. Or if they have sensory issues that you need to help them develop beyond them and not have sensory issues. Or if they have a rigid way of thinking to help them become more flexible in their thinking. But if this is something that you desire for your child specifically, that you do not love them as they are. And I don't think that those two coincide Let's, for example, switch the word neurodivergence out for cancer. Let's say that my child is develops cancer and um, or is born for some reason with cancer. And we use the same narratives with this cancer as we do with neurodivergence. For example, cancer is not something that you heal. It's something that you, you just love the person and it's something that you learn to live with. If you want to get rid of their cancer, you don't love them as they are. Cancer is just a different way that the cell has developed. Um, it's just a different way that the cell is and it's totally fine and it's okay. So why don't we talk about cancer that way, right? It's just a different way for the cell to exist, just like neurodivergence is just a different way for someone to develop. And the reason why we don't talk about cancer that way is because it's debilitating to people. It can kill them. And I'm not and in some instances when someone's neurological system varies and is di- divergent to a mass degree, it is something that can be very debilitating and even deadly to the person. Oh, we have an ambulance coming by. I'm going to pull over here. Oh no. I hope they're okay. I, hope you, I wonder if you guys can all see hear that. Anyway, so I really want to challenge that that idea that someone being that it is that you do not love your child if you hope for healing or you hope for more development or you're aiming for that 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 equates that you don't love them because that is not the case with any parent that I've met and it's not the case with me for mine And even parents that don't have children that are neurologically as divergent 
as as others, meaning that they they are still mostly independent. They can go to school. They can function in a typical classroom. Even they want their children to continue to develop and continue to grow and to continue to learn new things. They don't have to be as hands-on as a lot of us parents that fall under the special needs umbrella do. But it doesn't mean that their desire, it doesn't mean they don't love their child because they want them to continue to develop, right? And that's the same for us. We love our kids even when we strive to help them develop beyond where they are right now neurologically. And if you look at it as all of us, every human being on that spectrum of neurodivergence, on that, that continuum of neurodivergence, then it seems right that what you want is for someone to fulfill their greatest potential. Now, I don't know where that is for every human. I don't know. But what I do know is that if we propagate the narrative that being neurodivergent in a way that's debilitating is something that cannot be changed and should not be changed meaning you shouldn't and and that if you do it challenges any love that you have for that person that narrative is what will debilitate the progress of our kids it's what debilitates our progress as adults because we feel like we're done growing when we when we graduate college or high school but we don't we can continue to develop and so can our kids So those those are some of my thoughts on that. I just thought it was a very it was a very interesting experience. It was a very interesting um, it was interesting to learn more about neurodivergence and learn more about healing the human brain and how it can be sick like like a liver or like a stomach or like like different parts of our body. And that it is something that can be healed and can be, in the case of the brain, it's called reorganizing. That can help our kids reach their fullest potential and I think is a huge manifestation of our love for them just as it is for parents with typical developing kids. All right, that's what I got for you this week. I'm interested to know your thoughts on the matter. I'm interested to learn more thoughts on the topic. Let me know what you think. And until next time, take care.